Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. There are lots of different skills involved with parenting. And each skill gets used in a particular environment or at a particular time. For example, when I was a young mom, I took a parenting class and I learned how to do something called reflective listening or active listening, which is basically when your kid is upset, then you try to understand where they're coming from and guess their emotion and reflect what they're saying. Not repeating it, but just trying to understand by saying, is this what I'm hearing you say? or it seems like you're feeling this. And once that happens, it dissolves their emotion, calms them down, so then they can go about solving whatever problem it was that triggered this emotion in the first place. So when I first learned that skill, I started listening all the time, even when I was the one upset, not they were the ones upset. And when that happens, it doesn't work very well. So what I learned is that my new superpower of listening for an emotion and naming it and calming it down only works when a kid is upset about something. So now I have this contextual skill. I can listen when kids are upset. The skill we're talking about today is actually a little package of skills that we need when we're frustrated and need our kids to do a particular thing. We need to get them to do something. We can't get them to do it right now. This can happen for a lot of different reasons. We might need our kids to do something because they live in the same household and they need to contribute and be a part of our household and do part of the work. We also might need our kids to do something because we can see that they're not progressing or that they're lacking some skills that they're going to need for their future when they're out on their own. There's a lot of good reasons for us to need our kids to do things. So this sequence of skills is only needed when we're really frustrated and feeling out of control where our kids are just doing whatever they want and we need to rein it back in so that we can have a functioning household and prepare them for their futures. There's three main things that we need to do when we're ready to stand strong as a parent and get what it is that we need from our kids. The first step is to get clear about what we need and why we need it. The second step is to stand strong and create a policy and or a boundary. And then the third step is to build motivation in our kids. Let's take a look at these three steps for just a minute. So the first step is getting clear. We need to ask ourselves, what do I actually need my kid to do and why do I need them to do it? Let's take the example of getting our kids to do something besides video games all day. The first question we ask in getting clear is, What do I actually need my kid to do and why is that? So I want them to stop playing video games, but why? What is it I'm really wanting? Am I worried that they're not having any social skills? Am I worried that I'm not getting any help around the house? Am I worried that they're replacing all this video game time with things that they could be doing to prepare for their future? Because they're going to leave one day and they're going to be on their own and you want them to be prepared for that. You want them to be an independent adult. The next step is getting clear is actually in figuring out what's going on inside their mind, stepping into their shoes because all behavior makes sense. So what's going on with them? What might they be thinking? Or what are some really good reasons to keep playing video games? 
So I can think of a lot of good reasons to keep playing video games. They might be stressed out and this is a stress reliever for them. They might be bored and they really don't know what else to do and so video games are fun. They might be addicted. Video games continually have new things and new challenges to do and so it's easy to get hooked into playing video games. Or they might be doing it with their friends. Maybe it looks like they're just alone in their room but they're actually online with other friends and it's a social thing for them. Another way to get clear about what it is we want our kids to do is to create what we call a one-liner. I feel about whatever's going on because I need. So for example, for the video games, I feel frustrated and worried when you play video games for so many hours each day because I'm worried that you're not going to be able to be ready to be on your own as an adult. I need you to get some adult skills along with all your video game playing. Of course, when you bring up things that you want your kids to do that they don't really want to do, they're going to get upset about it. One of the best skills we have for when kids get upset is active listening and naming their emotion because naming the emotion calms kids down. So actually get inside their head a little bit and ask them what's going on and listen to them. So you have nothing else to do and everything else is boring besides video games. Or so all your friends do it and you feel like you're being unfairly treated. So it sounds like um, you already feel like you're being paired to be an adult and that I should just leave you alone and you're feeling picked on. Once we listen it out, it doesn't mean that we just leave it there. We just go back and we restate our one-liner again. Well, I feel worried when I see you playing video games all day because I'm concerned that you're not prepared for all the adult skills you need to be out on your own. So I need to have a conversation with you about learning adult skills and practicing adult skills before you spend so much time on video games. When we just keep restating our one-liner, whatever it is that we figure out is our one-liner, and we keep doing it each time our kids come back with some other kind of excuse or reasoning against it, they start to see that that is a boundary, that we've thought about this and that we care about this and it's important to us. So then we're able to actually have this discussion about what it is we want in our family with regards to video game playing. The first part was getting clear with what we want and need as a parent. And then the second part is standing strong. It's using the leverage we have as a parent to take control of the situation to say, this is not okay in my home. So the first question is, what do you actually control in your home? We control a lot more than we think we do. We control what kinds of video games even come into the house. We control the food that comes into our home. We control when things are allowed to happen and when things aren't allowed to happen. There are a lot of things that we can control in our own home. We also control the kind of purchases that come into our home. Think about everything that's ever happened on your Costco receipt. Think about the kinds of things you buy. We also control what we do with our own time and the environment. What do we, what kinds of rides are we willing to give our kids? What kinds of permission are we willing to give our kids? What kinds of things are we willing to do with our time? And how's it set up? Where is the game and the game controller in our home? Is it in somebody's bedroom? Is it in the family room? Is it up in the, in the kitchen space? Where actually does it reside in our home? As we change the environment, then that changes the behavior of our kids because they need to respond to a new environment. So sometimes changing the environment is the best way to actually get our kids to do what we need them to do, to stop talking about it, to just change how our home is actually set up and operates. The next step we want to take is to create a policy. So I do whatever, like your own action. You're not going to try to force them to act in some way. You're going to examine your own actions. Like I do this or provide this for kids who, whatever it is. So for example, 
I provide rides to friends' houses for kids who honor our video game settings or policies. Maybe another one would be, I provide cell phone access for kids who are willing to only spend two hours a day on video games. Or I provide internet access on days when the previous day our policies regarding video games were honored. Otherwise, I just don't provide um, internet access. That's just a thing that I do. That's something important to me. That's just my policy. It's, it's not you personally. It's just that's what I feel good about providing in our home for kids who do this or who don't do that. Of course, we've got to be okay with if our kids actually don't adhere to that behavior. We're not going to try to force them to do things because force isn't going to work. So we have to create policies that are strong enough that we're okay if they choose not to do that. So if they're okay with not having phone access and also playing video games for longer, just let that sit for a little while and see how that goes. Or if they're okay with they play video games one day, the next day there's no internet access in the home, and then we try again the following day, you can see how that goes. Try different environments and different policies and be okay with no. If you've got a policy in place, you don't have to freak out when they don't do it. You're not trying to force them. You're trying to help them see the consequences of their behavior, and you just let it happen, and you very calmly just implement the policy. No big deal. With all these strategies in place, there's also some underlying motivation. This is the third step, which is building motivation. There are underlying things we can do to help kids be more likely to do the things they need them to do. So the first one is to build competence. No one wants to do something they're bad at. So the question would be, what skills could my kid be missing in not playing video games so much? And how can I maybe break this down into smaller steps? Maybe we can taper off the amount of video game that we're playing. Maybe we could actually take a look at the video games and see which ones they like and which ones they don't like and what's underneath it. Maybe they don't have other skills to handle themselves when they're bored. Maybe they're missing skills for social things to go out and do some things to make some friends and, and not spend as much time on video games. Maybe they just really like video games and that's what they want to do is be a video game creator. We have to get inside their head and also build competence for other skills that they might be missing in order to make this behavior change and adapt. Another way we can build motivation is by building autonomy. No one likes being told what to do. So we need to handle the way we talk to our kids about video games. What kinds of choices can you actually give them in this situation so that they don't feel like they're being completely controlled? What can they control about how they play video games? The more control and options they have, the more willing they will tend to be to actually honor this thing that you're trying to get them to do. Explain to them your rationale. Explain why it is you want them to do this particular thing. The last way to build motivation is to actually build your relationship. Think about, have we spent time together lately? Like, what's the last thing I did that they wanted to do? How can I maybe show more respect in this situation? It's really easy to judge video games and say all video games are bad when you really don't even know the lay of the land. You don't know what your friend, their friends are doing or why they're playing, which video games they're playing, where they're getting them from, how they're choosing them. And so consider building a relationship by spending more time understanding their video game interest and playing some with them, maybe watching them, letting them explain some to you and showing them respect to say, this is what you want to do. So let's figure out a way where we can both get what we need, because that's what we do when we respect each other. We both try to find a way to get what we need. That conversation might involve revisiting the idea of getting clear about what it is you really want. 
Do you really want them to not play any video games at all? Or do you really want them to be prepared for their future and prepared for leaving home? If you want them to be prepared for leaving home, then maybe there's an arrangement you can make with your child to say, okay, these are the skills that you need as an adult. There's a book called Adulting 456 or some big number, I don't remember what it was, easy-ish skills for learning how to adult. So maybe you take a book like that and you start looking at all the different skills and you pick some that you guys want to work on together and say, great, as long as we're working on some of these skills during part of the day, then video games are fine. I don't mind playing video games as long as I feel comfortable that you're actually progressing and going to be ready to be an adult later on. But for you, there may be entirely other reasons. It's important that you get clear on your reasons for them not playing video games as much so that you can talk it out. Standing strong is about you creating policies about what you control in the household, what you can change in the environment, and honoring your own need to be the parent to say, in this house, this is how we handle this. This is what we do. And then doing that in a way where you keep the relationship, where you keep their autonomy, where you allow them some say in their life, some choice in the matter. As you do that, you can work it out and wrangle it out together, which is its own skill in adulting, figuring out how to make a plan where you're both going to be okay with it. These skills of getting clear about what you want, creating your one-liner to say, I feel this about your behavior because of this, this is what I need, and just memorizing and repeating that. Being able to stand strong in your role and stewardship as a parent and creating policies and an environment that helps kids to cooperate and do the things that you need them to do. And then building motivation by making sure they have the skills and helping them to become competent in their own lives, building autonomy, giving them a say in their lives, and building your relationship with them. All of these things can make it more likely that your kid will do what it is that you need them to do. And having a little set of skills like this is really important when you start to feel out of control, like things aren't going well, like you can't get your kids to do anything. Having a little series of things you can do in that situation gives you a parenting tool for that situation so that you can have the conversation, create the policies, and get your kids to be more cooperative in doing what it is you need them to do. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.